When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Make sure you download the app and sign up using the promo code CHGO. Luke Stuckmeyer, Ryan Herrera, Cody Del Mendo as we get ready for yet another World Series-type podcast. We're going to talk Kyle Schwarber. We may have a report card for you or two, but most importantly, we have another special guest. This is the one and only. This is, this is not just some Patrick Mooney. This is the Patrick Mooney from The Athletic, uh, former teammate of mine, great writer, great guy. And, you know, first of all, I want to, I want to say this about Patrick. He benefited from working next to me because it was the juxtaposition of people <laughs> saying like, well, at least one of these guys, look at this young guy, Mooney knows what he's talking about. So his Twitter <laughs> followers, I looked it up, 52,000. 52,000 Twitter followers. You know why? Because he was standing next to me and people were like, well, this guy's an idiot, but this guy's smart. <laughs> and so then they started to pound his likes and they started following and following. Now here he is at the, at the athletic. He's killing it. He's killing it. Definitely. That's a great story, Luke. Thanks. Appreciate that. Should we bring him yeah. in? No. Yeah. Let's bring let's him in. It. Let's do Let's it. bring him in. On the there hotline. The hotline. There he is. Well, well, thank you for that introduction. That's not how I remember it, Luke. I remember showing up in Mesa, Arizona, having absolutely no idea what I was doing at the old Fitch Park there. And you were uh, very welcoming to me and showed me the ropes and introduced me to people and uh, didn't uh, treat me like, what the hell are you doing here? Which was kind of what uh, internet beat writing was uh, a very long time ago. Like, yeah. explain what it was and... Definitely had some good lunches and dinners down in the uh, greater Mesa area way back in, like, Pinella days. Oh, wow. Oh, That's right. I mean, yeah, I forgot about that. That was, like, your first season was Lou, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. He didn't last the whole season. And, uh, <laughs> it was kind of a uh, disaster. But uh, you and uh, several other people were very good to me. Uh, at the beginning, so thank you, thank you for that overly kind introduction. <laughs> uh, look, well, look. <laughs> well, Moons, how's the uh, how's the off season been treating you thus far? Uh, pretty good, no complaints. How about you guys? Oh, real doing good. Doing this, doing this every day. Yeah, I get to do this. <laughs> I mean, it, it it's uh, it's helping uh, get through having to watch former Cubs uh, in in the postseason. Uh, being able to, I guess, talk about it. It you know, it helps. Uh, you know, get the grievances out. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
Yeah, like the like the Jed Hoyer sitting on his couch, and that's kind of how he opened up his end of season press conference. Like, yeah. well, I watch these guys, I traded or dumped, killing it in the or didn't sign. There you yeah. go. I mean, the Schwarber thing now. Now he's up to, he's up to fifty home runs this season. And and the, another one last night that was just a moonshot. And you mm-hmm. watch him, you're like, how did that? How did that slip away? Uh, I mean. When you go back to Jed and Theo, like they've made a few mistakes. Obviously, they made a lot of right calls. I don't know where I put letting Schwarber walk away on that list. It's probably not as high as giving away DJ LeMayhew for basically nobody, but it's it's got to be on his regret list at this point, doesn't it? I would say so. Yeah. Yeah, what do you think, Moons? Think he regrets it or not? I think he thinks his hands were tied. I mean, this was yeah. a, a financial decision more than anything. I mean, you know how much they want to extract every last, like, fraction of value out of every single deal and to just let him walk for nothing. If there, this was any other normal offseason, if the pandemic didn't happen, I don't – I refuse to think that they would have just let him go mm-hmm. for nothing tendered the contract see what they could have done played it out you know into spring training I, I just don't see how in any other offseason the Cubs would have would have done that but I mean it was a bad move I mean it was just like that goes straight to the top I mean Jed has to wear it but um I do think too like I don't know if Kyle Schwarber would have been the same player if he stuck around Chicago for just that like I mean, we all saw it and felt it that just waiting for the breakup, like it wasn't a particularly like uh, productive environment for those guys. And they had decent walk years overall, but um, I think going somewhere new and reconnecting or kind of hooking up with Kevin Long and things like that, uh, I think helped him. But no doubt, I mean, he's become the guy that they thought he would be. It's just in a Philly uniform. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, he's doing it with the Red Sox and Nationals last yeah. year. Too. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not even just this year. I mean, it's been since the moment they trade or let him go. <laughs> he's been <laughs> like the band leader too, right? Like yeah. the, the teams seem to be like almost jumping on his shoulders. He's the glue guy, man. Yeah, it's, dancing on my own. He brought that from Boston to Philadelphia. And yeah. <laughs> that's their that's their theme song. Yeah. Well, I I've, I've been wanting to get Patrick on the podcast for a long time, and I was thinking, when can we have him? And I was reading your post about. Schwarber's relationship with James Triantos the other day. I thought it was a really good piece. And and it kind of shows away not only his personality, Schwarber's personality, um, but it shows that he is actually potentially still having an impact on the Cubs franchise, even though he's, you know, a couple wins away from winning the World Series with the Phillies. How did you start digging into it, and what can you tell us about it? I mean, first of all, you go to the athletic and read the article it's it's really good and i highly recommend that oh thank you i mean i think i'd heard about this like last october just kind of a random thing like hey uh you know triantos is friendly with schwarber and it took me a while to actually like locate schwarber because i didn't want to just like you know kind of randomly reach out to him uh about triantos but I, i caught up with him at wrigley at the end of the year I think he was glad to talk about something other than the Cubs dumping him in the middle of a pandemic. And uh, basically kind of the 
shorter, long story short would be that Triantos grew up kind of just outside or inside the beltway of D.C. in Northern Virginia, a very like affluent, well-to-do, nice area. And his dad is from the Philly area, like Mike Trout's hometown in Southern New Jersey, big baseball family. And he had uh, helped build and later sell this company that did work kind of in the government sector in D.C. with air traffic control systems. And through that, he acquired a, a, a lot of money for you know a guy with like a blue collar background. And he devoted his time to like use sports because it's hard to get fields there. It's a very expensive area. And so he builds like this field of dreams next to his house. He builds a indoor facility that has a basketball court. And the way it was explained to me was multiple batting cages kind of on pulleys that you can pull back and forth. And so through that, the Triandos family had a connection at the, at the Nationals, and they meet Kevin Long, and then through that they meet Schwarber. And uh, Schwarber's just the type of guy who, you know, hit with Triantos, met him as a high school senior. Um, Triantos gets, really just blows up as a prospect. He was planning to go to North Carolina. He graduated high school in three years and kind of used Schwarber as a support. And, um, part of what my story was, I think Schwarber sincerely invited him to Ohio last off season. I don't think he thought he'd immediately say yes. <laughs> so <laughs> he's like, and Schwarber kind of, I can't really do the voice and certainly can't like, it doesn't come across in print, but Schwarber kind of impersonated Triantos on the phone. Like, yeah, man, let's do it. And um, <laughs> he shows up in a snowstorm. Uh, Schwarber's wife is pregnant. He's unemployed during a lockout. Uh, and Schwarber's house or his new house was under construction. He didn't have his own batting cage. So he was hitting at his old Middletown High School in like the, I don't know, the old weight room at Middletown High School where like, uh, I can only imagine a teenage Kyle Schwarber in like cut off t-shirts uh, <laughs> pumping iron. But yeah, that's how, I mean, Triantos is someone who, you know, would like to have a good year at South Bend next year. So he's not all that close, but I mean, Cody, you know, I mean, he's really high on the prospect rankings and has like a really high ceiling. They gave him $2 million as a young high school graduate. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how this uh, plays out here. Well, now I have the expectation that he's the next Kyle Schwarber. I don't, <laughs> I don't even know what type of player he really is, but now, now I'm excited that he's got a little bit of, you know, Schwarb's fever in him. Yeah. Oh, and then it's, it's kind of, funny i mean you mentioned luke that it it feels like he's having this this influence on the next generation of yeah. cubs but it's also just like this random happening that they happen to meet from from what mooney's talking about is that they just happen to meet and because like triantos wasn't even drafted until after schwab was already gone so right. it's just this, this crazy chance happening is, is kind of fascinating to me that just happened to get drafted by the kyle schwarber's former team yeah i mean I mean, again, I, we kind of talked about it last week, but it just kind of shows what kind of guy he is. Easy guy to like, and, like, that's why the entire city of Philadelphia is rallying around him. Um, hopefully that rubs off a little on Triantos, and we'll be saying the same thing about him in, like, four years or whatever. I just hope he has some of that. Uh, you know, it's, it's difficult for players to come in and kind of have that swagger without seeming cocky, if you know what I mean. Like, And I always felt like Kyle Schwarber was able to do that despite, you know, 
what the cameras might catch him saying to his dugout. <laughs> you know, he's he still yeah, had that ability to game. come off as your everyday guy, and because of who he was or is off the field, like he's nice to every fan, he's nice to kids, he's got time for everybody, and I, I think Patrick and Ryan would let you know, like he's he's one of those guys where if you get into a clubhouse and nobody wants to talk or everybody's facing their locker or hiding, <laughs> Kyle Schwarber is always a guy that you could ask him and whether he would do it right away or five minutes later, I don't think I've ever had Kyle Schwarber say, no, no, I don't have time today. Like he's, he's, just, um, he's just a good person, I think. Yeah. I th- and I think you can't always tell that about people just from mild interaction, but I think you can with him. I, I feel pretty confident in saying he's a, he's a good guy. I like Michael's comment. He says drafting Schwarber was a reach at the time. Then you strike, you strike gold, and then you let him go for nothing. Good move, Mr. Ricketts. <laughs> what, <laughs> I, what I remember from when he was drafted is like the White Sox either chose before or after the Cubs, and they took Rodon, and he's not on the White Sox either, and he's coming mm-hmm. off the best year of his career. <laughs> yeah. So both teams in the city right now probably feel the exact same regarding those two draft picks now, and it's like yeah. it's wild to kind of think about. Uh, Mooney. My question, uh, obviously, today is the anniversary of, you know, the Cubs World Series six years ago. You were there. Genuinely, your feeling at the time, would you have ever thought that by 2022 all those guys would be gone? Wilson Contreras is on his way out, and, and they are they have not won another World Series, and they're in the second rebuild in a decade. Just Kyle Hendricks. Yeah. That's it. Oh. Just Kyle Hendricks. Uh, no, I do remember – in kind of the aftermath of it, a thing of like, okay, well, like, how are we going to fill? You're going to have to keep writing. You can't just like stop. And I remember talking mm-hmm. to Kerry Wood, who, you know, I barely covered as a player, maybe for like, I don't know, a couple of weeks uh, before he retired. But, you know, he was there kind of leaning against one of the um, like refrigerators or something. This is kind of on the outskirts of everything. I just asked him about, you know, kind of expectations and like this group looking forward. And, you know, we both talked about, you know, the dynasty word, and that's what everyone thought. I mean, if you like, you'd have to be the most like, I don't know, cynical negative person ever to like be in that clubhouse and like predict everything uh, (laughs) that would happen uh, this way. And, you know, I still think, making it to the NLCS the next year. I still don't know how they did that. Um, that was kind of uh, mind blowing, particularly that Nationals uh, mm-hmm. game five in the clubhouse. I mean, they felt totally invincible. And then their plane got diverted to like Albuquerque or something on the way to LA and they were out of gas. And um, that's kind of the last we've heard from them. But no, I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean, Luke, you were there at like that whole run, I mean, to, it really boggles them. It happened, you know, just so gradually with all these like different, some smaller decisions, some really big macro things like the pandemic or whatever. And obviously Addison Russell at the time, he did not foresee all of his off the field issues. Um, but it is weird that, uh, you know, not signing anyone other than Hendricks to a long term deal. Uh, I realized there were circumstances for each guy, but when you add it up, it's a pretty uh, strange pattern because everyone says how much they love it here and how different it is here, and then they all 
leave here at the end. Yeah, and that, that leads me to your most recent article, I think, is about, you know, Ian Happ. He wins the gold glove finally yesterday. Uh, he's changed his swing. But now you wonder, now he wasn't a part of that team, but he was their 2015 draft pick, top 10 guy. Will he be a guy that carries over at least that would – that played um, maybe Kyle Hendricks is that guy that plays for the last great Cubs team into the next great Cubs team, as Jed likes to say. What do you think? I know they've mentioned it, but what do you think the real chances are that Ian Happ gets an extension done this offseason? Oh, man. Uh, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It, it's, it seems like it. I don't know. You know, Jed says we've taken the first steps. And then when, you know, Ian's asked about what do the first steps mean to you? He's like, uh, well, I think those are internal steps that are being <laughs> taken on the player side. It happens later. Oh, Hap is this close to free agency. He's a, a good player. I do think he, uh, for a young guy, I mean, he got really tight with, you know, John Lester and these guys. Like he definitely like paid attention. Like he kind of, uh, kept his mouth shut and observed. And I mean, he always thought he was like an all-star gold glove guy, like from the moment he got there. Um, but I just don't think Jed and this front office at this particular moment really cares about intangibles. That's what David Ross is for, to talk about catching John Lester and, you know, how great it was in 2016. I mean, I'd be curious to get Ryan's thoughts as, you know, a fresher set of eyes of like, where do you think this is going? Yeah, I, I'm kind of in the same boat. Like, it's a tough question to answer just because as much as Ian did this year to improve, there's also just there's so many different factors you have. I mean, and then I guess with Brennan Davis and Canario getting injured, like that changes some things. But you also got, like, Pete Carl Armstrong, and then you also want them to go out and, and spend money in free agency. So he easily could have been traded in July, and we wouldn't even be having this conversation. Um, and, and so, yeah, for me, I'm kind of at the, like, I, I don't know that I see it like what I, I, I see if, if anything were to happen as far as a contract extension, it would be because they believe in what he did on the field as far as like, he can keep that going moving forward. But like you said, like, as far as the intangibles go, does that move the needle for me? I, I don't know that it does. That much because if it did, then Wilson Contreras would be, you know, have have a better shot at getting an extension too. And as far as we know, that's that's not going to happen. So I'm kind of in the same boat where like it, it, I don't I don't know that anything he did off the field is going to move the needle as much just because that's not kind of way, the way they look at at, at how they want to extend, uh, you know, certain players. And I just think like you know a lot of fans were hearing the the early quotes about we're in the early stages and. And you hear that, and, and that leads them to the, you know, the ones that want to keep him optimistic that that's going to happen. But when I saw that quote from Ian Happ after the gold glove, it was yeah. like, well, maybe we should slow down this train a little bit. Maybe it's 50-50 at, at best. So yeah. it'd be interesting to see moving forward. I also am curious when they'll make the first, you know, real – big move and uh, you've got a quote yeah there from Ian so we got one of the other quotes that he had uh, when we talked yesterday uh basically saying i won't read the whole thing it's kind of long but basically saying like he's always been upfront about the fact that he loves it here he loves the organization loves the city loves the people the fans and that he wants to stay and and, and mooney you know 
as well as anyone, like how often he said that this year. <laughs> um, and again, like as much as players might love being here, we saw it with, you know, Chris Bryan, Anthony Rizzo, Javi Baez, like that, that doesn't, not that it doesn't mean a whole lot, but it doesn't, it's not, doesn't mean everything either. Like it, 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 it Ian Hab right. can say how much he wants to be here, but that that may not have any effect on the way the Cubs look at him from internally. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, I mean, he watched the. I mean, I'm pretty sure he watched that game seven at like culinary dropout with like the Cubs coaches and <laughs> Scottsdale because he was in the Arizona Fall League. Like he's not. He wasn't on the team. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel like he kind of gets lumped in sometimes with that and. I think you're right, Luke, and that's some people hear those quotes and like, oh, maybe they'll bring it back. And then I think there's other fans who've seen kind of the ups and downs and are like, are you going to commit to that guy who's not, who doesn't play like a premier defensive position, but at the same time, he's a switch hitter, mm-hmm. good citizen. Um, and it's just hard to find like competent, good, above average major league players. And that's what he is. And the Cubs should absolutely be in the business of trying to get as many of those as they can plus whatever they can do at the top of free agency uh this offseason does anyone think that perhaps you know the cubs are in a complete different situation than the other guys that you just (coughs) mentioned like yeah schwarber should have at least got something for him but trading bryant rizzo and Baez is a complete different situation compared to schwarber in my opinion and even this Ian Happ thing, because the organization is now, at least on the farm, is in a much better state, and they have money to spend. Like, I, to me, Ian Happ's situation is much different than those other guys. They're in a different spot in the rebuild, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Right. But, and that's why I'm saying, like, it, I think there's more reason to believe that, that, can, that, that they could – do it you know what yeah. i mean well that's let's ask mooney mooney is, is that is he in a different situation in your opinion obviously he still has you know he's not going into free agency now or anything um but is he is he in a different situation as far as you know extending him than, than some of these other guys were on um, the last couple of years when they obviously weren't uh i don't know it's it's whatever the ivy computer says right I mean, that's <laughs> what, like, whatever the machine spits out is what they'll offer with a little bit of wiggle room. And, um, you know, I think Javi was very close to that. And then the pandemic happened and he basically signed for what he would have gotten from the Cubs when you factor in his arbitration years. And, you know, intelligent spending, whatever that means to you, uh, is the mantra now, I guess. And, you know, you look at what Suzuki got and perhaps not that far off, but he's also been mentioned in trade rumors for years now when no one's like stepped forward and made an offer. And does that tell you something about how the rest of the league views him? Uh, I don't know. And I also think he's not someone who is going to like be pounding on his agent's door or like constantly texting his agent to get a deal done because he is so involved in the union and really has a pretty sophisticated understanding of how the game works. Like there's been times talking to him and I'm sure you've had the same experience, Ryan, of like, he'll bring up stuff that I hadn't even like thought Mm -hmm. of. Like he really connects the dots in a 
pretty impressive way. So, I mean, he's someone who got a lot of money as a top 10 pick. He beat the Cubs in arbitration. Um, he's going to make a real nice salary next year. So, like, the – I don't know if there's much urgency from his side or the Cubs' side either. It's just kind of where he's at in the cycle and us asking them about it. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Hey, before we let you go, and I know I've gone over the time I promised that you would only have to be on with us. Uh, <laughs> uh, Dustin Kelly, what can you tell us about him and why do the Cubs like him so much? Um, whatever we said about Greg Brown, just plug that in. I mean, come on. Like, yeah. Kelly, I had a great conversation with him in September when he was rolling in as part of his rounds as a coordinator. Um, very impressive resume, but so did Greg Brown. I mean, the Cubs mm-hmm. ran all search and handpicked Greg Brown to implement this, like, vertically integrated system. And did he even last... 365 days in the job. I don't know. Whatever they announced it is whatever. One yeah. season. Um, and, you know, Greg Greg Brown won over 300 games as a college coach. He was with the Rays, this progressive organization everyone's obsessed with. I mean, he signed J.D. Martinez as his area scout for the Astros. Like, really impressive background. And that's what the Cubs were saying going in. And, like, I thought the Chili Davis versus the 2016 World Series team was like a fascinating battle between kind of like these young players who felt like they had it figured out but could point to their rings. And Chili Davis had so much stature in the game as like a switch hitter, a World Series champion, a guy who like teams would want to bring onto their team for a playoff push because he had so much uh, presence. Like, that to me was, like, a really interesting battle. This is just, like, okay, some players grumbling uh, (laughs) after an 88-loss season and a guy who was on the job for a year in his first big league hitting job. So, like, Dustin Kelly has great relationships with guys like, I suppose, like Pete Crow Armstrong, but he's not going to be there next year. He's got a real good understanding of the system. Um, He has the ultimate check mark the drafted by the red sox in like oh four or oh five something like that um (laughs) and so i think the question will be to jed and to him and you know we get it on paper it makes sense but like why does it how long is this going to last and why do you guys keep turning it over you know maybe that's my my cynical view of it but i feel like trashing greg brown is not fair giving these players too much credit, like they have it all figured out is not for you either. And I think Dustin Kelly has a very good resume, but like, we'll see, you know, how long that lasts. I mean, Chili Davis showed up with an amazing resume and like at the beginning of spring training, guys were like annoyed at it. So I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Bears, Bears quarterbacks and Cubs if, hitting coaches. Yeah, the, rec- if the recent history of Cubs hitting coaches tells you anything. He's Dustin Kelly's got an uphill battle. Like, <laughs> I don't know if he should be excited to have the position or not. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. I mean, uh, I mean, I he came know. from the Dodgers. I mean, that's another yeah. place the Cubs are obsessed with. Like, um, I think he is from Southern California, so he kind of knew of Pete Crow Armstrong as he was coming up and had some mutual connections and has a really, like I said, uh, top-to-bottom understanding of the system. It's just like 
you know, what uh, the hitting coach job in general in baseball is just like a, such a thankless task because even when you score 10 runs, there's two guys who are pissed because they went 0 for 4, you know, like it's such mm -hmm. a day to day roller coaster. Um, you would just hope for Dustin Kelly's sake that he gets a full and fair uh, hearing in this job. I guess you can't say no to a big league job when you're in his position, but uh, man, they really do uh, just <laughs> churn through these guys and dispose <laughs> of them. Uh, because I, Greg Brown was interviewing at all these different places last year. You know, he had a great, great resume. Uh, he had options and he chose the Cubs. Yeah, I, it's one of the more bizarre things to see. Every single year, it's like, well, here comes the hitting coach hire. Here comes the hitting coach fire. There you uh, go. And vice versa. And keep going, season. keep going. Patrick, uh, we really appreciate you uh, coming on with us. Again, you can follow him on Twitter, PJ underscore Mooney. Join the 52,000 others that follow him on Twitter <laughs> if you do not already. Read his work at The Athletic. Uh, good to see you, bud. Have a good uh, winter, okay? Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Later, Mooney. See you. ComEd, the energy efficiency program, is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities we serve manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future. ComEd offers a wide array of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across our territory. Customers can inquire about how to upgrade outdated lighting to energy and money-saving efficient LED lights, learn about network lighting to operate your lights through your mobile device, and track your facility's energy usage and more. Incentives have recently increased for indoor-outdoor lighting and network lighting controls, making these projects even more cost-effective than before. Visit comed.com slash poweringbiz now to start saving money and energy and to start a project. Contact us at 1-855-433-2700. For more information, email businessee at comed.com or publicsectoree at comed.com. And I'm going to start doing that because I was just looking around the house thinking, well, these aren't LED lights. I'm losing money. You're trying to, you know, you want to save as much money as you can when you're cranking up the heat and everything else you're doing in the, off in the uh, winter. LED lights are the way to go. I was just looking at those bulbs thinking, it's time to replace them. I think I'm going to go LED this time because they last forever. You might pay a little bit more for that, but the money yeah. you save each month is worth it. Well, then just in case you, you know, accidentally look into the, those LED lights, yeah. you might need a pair of shady rays. Well, yeah, if you look straight up into uh -huh. those lights, you're going to want to do it with a pair of shady rays yeah, on. Definitely. That's an excellent that, point. If you don't have your shady rays on, then your eyes yeah, might be best. Best Locked. best way to <laughs> best way to look at LED lights and not go blind with shady red. Uh, they never understood why sunglasses were so expensive. They set out to change it. You don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this fall because our friends at Shady Rays have you covered. Shady Rays are premium polarized shades featuring world class optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles catered to everyone and every lifestyle. The best part about Shady Rays, they have the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. They're lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your shades on day one, they told us that they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Dropped in a lake, off a cliff, anything, they'll replace them. Even with that strong of a protection program, they still manage to make quality that I can tell you holding in my hand seems just as good as any expensive pair that I have ever worn. 
Shady Rays customers seem to agree with over 200,000 five-star reviews. Shady Rays also provides 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order placed and have donated over 20 million meals to date. They stand behind their product and told our team that if anyone has a problem, they throw profit out the window and do what it takes to get it right. Free returns and exchanges. You either love the shades or Shady Rays will pay to ship them back. That's it. And now, exclusively for our listeners and YouTube viewers, Shady Rays is running their deepest deal of the season. Use code CHGO for 50% off two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. Buy one, get one free. You can get two pairs for as low as $54. Remember code CHGO. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com where you can find all their newest and best shades. Oh, that was fun, Patrick Mooney. I was, you know, I was thinking while he was talking, and I'll have to ask him this some other time. I think one of the first times, well, it was definitely the Lou Pinello spring training was one of the first times we worked together, <clears throat> and it was one of my more memorable Lou moments. Like he, Lou would talk every morning after the team went out to hit and do their field stuff. They would have two workouts a day, and Lou was late like two hours and so we were just standing around at that time Hoho Camp Park and we're waiting for Lou Pinella and waiting for Lou Pinella and he shows up and Lou Pinella's hair was just like total bedhead straight <laughs> out of bed and he comes over and he's like how you guys doing well I went to the prickly pear last night they got a prickly pear margarita well, it really is a prickly pear. He was he, he clearly had been out all night oh having margaritas, God. hammering them away. And we're like, well, that'll make you show up a little bit late. Oh, that's he, sweet was, Lou. he was he was he was a fun guy to cover, I'll tell you that. But this is the anniversary, depending on how you look at it. If you're on what, the East Coast, it's tomorrow. That's right. Well, or doesn't when count. does it matter when the game started? Does it matter when the game here's what I would suggest. The Cubs won the World Series in twenty sixteen. It took hundred and eight years. Celebrate it for two days each year. Oh, yeah. It's like Christmas, even Christmas Day. It doesn't matter which day you celebrate on. Go ahead and celebrate. We're choosing to celebrate it today. We'll probably celebrate it a little bit tomorrow. Um, but what do you remember about that specific day and how you felt? I saw Cody post a picture of himself. Was that before the game on the couch or after the game on the couch? That was the morning after my friend took the picture. <laughs> Razzing uh, the W flag? Yeah, so that was when I lived in Peoria. Uh, and you so do have clothes on underneath the W flag, I do, right? yes, yeah. Just making uh, sure. Yeah, so that was when I lived in Peoria. I lived <laughs> with uh, two guys I went to high school and college with. And one of them was a Cubs fan. The other was a Cardinals fan. Um, but, yeah, we that – the seat to the right there in that picture, uh -huh. I sat in that spot the entire game. The chair like, behind the couch? No, like just like the oh, that part of the couch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Very far right. So I sat in that particular spot the entire game. I didn't move. Uh, the only time I moved was when the Cubs scored, and I would just scream and yell and run around the house like I was freaking seven years old. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I just remember – I guess what I take from it the most was uh, reaction after they act like they got the final out when Brian throws the ball to Rizzo first, uh, and I don't think I'd ever been more emotional over a bunch of adults I'd never met in my life uh, <laughs> winning something. Uh, I remember FaceTiming my mom and then like a handful of friends 
that's the power of sports, right? Yeah. Most people never met any of them, and it's like you're all invested. Yeah. FaceTime some family, FaceTime my uh, some friends, like I said, and I watched the entire post game. I like it was the one moment in my life where I was like, "All right, Joe Buck, I'll listen to you some more." Like <laughs> I wa- I stayed up and watched the entire post game. Like Bill Murray in the in the locker room doing the interviews with the guys like the one I just remember him talking to Theo and them both like pouring the champagne on each other and I just like I remember getting the W flag and I just I I was up so late I could there was no way I could go to sleep that night and uh eventually I did but like I I just the W flag was the blanket that night that was and then my the picture came from the next day my buddy came downstairs and saw me passed out on the couch with it on me. He took the picture, and it's just – they should hang it in the Art Institute of Chicago, honestly, in my opinion. So it's a special, special day, no matter how long and how – or no matter how – it's been six years, whatever. And no matter how things have happened since then, we could sit here and complain about all you want, but the one thing that we can always say is, like, they did it. And, like, there's a lot of teams that have never – that didn't do it team on the south side right now like they had high expectations didn't get it done like that's that, that's the thing like it's just something so special that like those guys on that team will be able to ever forever have themselves but even us fans like no matter how long it takes to win another one it's like at least we got to see it and like yeah. my grandparents died so I didn't they didn't get to see it I remember my mom after they won she got like my mom loves to take flowers and put them on their graves sure. like, like every lot new, of cubs fans every did that new season then, yeah i mean my mom got like a big sticker and put it on my grandpa's grave like he was die hard growing up mm-hmm. when i was a kid like he's one of the big reasons why I, I am a cubs fan and uh yeah so i just remember going to their grave taking the pictures with the the world series emblem on it and yeah it's just something special that no matter what, no matter how, all the stuff that we sit here and complain about, like we're always going to have that. And that's something that I won't really take for granted. So. It's disappointing that it didn't lead to more right? immediately, but you see what the Astros are struggling to do now. Like they, I feel like we all thought the Cubs could have been what the Astros have become or what the Dodgers have become, like getting back there over and over and over. But that doesn't take away what was the greatest World Series championship ever because of the drought and what it led to and how many generations it let that rooted for one team and never saw it happen. And that's why you had people taking their transistor radio to listen to Game 7 or a TV out to a cemetery in Game 7 because it was literally generations of fandom trying to get one thing done. Yeah. Yeah. One thing. The one thing that I always remember most, like, watching – because, like, Living in Peoria, it's not like I am now where I live two miles from the ballpark. When you like with when you're online looking at things or just whatever they putting on TV, like the whole all the fans writing with the chalk on the, that was on cool. the wall. Mm-hmm. Like I wish they would have left it to be well, honest. They had with you. the like <laughs> MLB Network had the like the hour long like Vince Vaughn yeah. voiceover yeah. Or, like the uh, uh, Joy oh. and Wrigleyville I think it was called. Like yeah, yeah. that was super cool and right. yeah, I mean just like you guys 
kind of said it. Like I, I was kind of thankful that they didn't win in 03. Cause I would have been like six. <laughs> I wouldn't have remembered it. Yeah. Uh, that was like 20, 20, 20 by the time they won, they actually did it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was at college and, uh, we had a group of like Chicago guys <laughs> in my fraternity house. Um, most of we were, you know, went to Mizzou, it's Cardinals country. Most, most of them are Cardinals fans. Um, and we'd had a TV room and, you know, people would just a couple of couches, just lay down there, whatever, watch TV. And throughout the playoffs every night, it was like, nope, you guys need to go. Like, you guys can't be in here. It's, it's, our, it's our room for the playoffs. Um, you know, game seven, packed <laughs> that room. And then and then it was, a, it was like took champagne bottles in the basement. We're like yeah. going, off, going this, crazy. This day six years ago was the beginning of the beginning of the most pettiest year of my life. From that, the moment they won until the day they were eliminated in 2017, I was the pettiest Cubs <laughs> fan on this planet. Having to grow up surrounded by Cardinal yep. fans my entire life, whole oh boy. Yeah. It was like every day I'd wake up and tweet, hey, the Cubs are World Series champions today. Like, it was stuff like that. Like, I, I can actually see this now. <laughs> Knowing you now, I can see I, this. I was unbearable for a full year. You know what? I deserved it after all the crap I had had to deal with my entire life leading up to that. So um, that's part of that is why I want more. That way I can do it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For me, it was surreal because, like, when I went to – when I went off to college in 1990, I decided I was going into broadcasting because of one of my cousins. I really had no other – in high school, never thought about broadcasting at all. And the only thing, the only reason I was going into it was a goal of somehow thinking in my head, well, how could I be, when the Cubs win the World Series, how can I guarantee I'd be at the ballpark? How can I guarantee that somehow I would be there? And I, you know, I wasn't going to be a baseball player. I couldn't hit a curveball. Nah. <laughs> I couldn't throw. So either way, I wasn't going to be a baseball player. Then, it, you know, what are the other options? And so that was the focus always. Well, two, one, to get back to Chicago, and two was to see the Cubs win the World Series. So when it happens in that fashion, you're just kind of like, wow, and not, you know, the picture show, I'm standing there in the rain. It, it, was, it was a cool moment, and you think of, just like the fans do, are thinking back of watching their, the games with their grandparents. I was too, but you're also thinking about how long did it take me professionally to get to that point, and how fortunate did I have to be along the way in different steps even though some of those steps might have felt like this is the worst moment of my life, this job really sucks at a certain place, you know, or whatever, mm -hmm. whatever job that might be, getting to that point makes it worth it, you know, because Absolutely. that was the original yeah. goal. And I, I heard Patrick Mooney mentioned Kerry Wood. I always tell the story that we were st all standing there lined up. Patrick, I've got my trash bag on over my shirt, and we're waiting to go in. We don't see the final out other than on television. So when Davis hits the home run, all of the champagne was wheeled out of the Cubs locker room. The plastic they left up for a second, all of the champagne and everything goes right. You watch it wheel out, go right past Kerry Wood, who the first person I looked at after the home run was Kerry Wood, and his head just dropped with his kids and his wife. You know, like, couldn't believe it. And they wheeled all that champagne into the Cleveland clubhouse. Then the Cubs take the lead after the rain delay, and you see the champagne going all the way back the other direction. I don't know what I would have been like if I was actually there. Like, Oh, man. I don't know if I would have made it home alive, quite honestly. Yeah. Like, I say that with, like, 
full-on, like, seriousness. I don't know if I would have made it out of Cleveland alive. It almost I, didn't feel real, I'll tell you that. Like, <laughs> like some of it was just sort of like, is it really happening? Like, yeah. is this really what happened? Right. You know, because it was yeah. raining, nobody else was there. I got some pretty cool souvenirs, like being a Cubs fan. Once it was all done, we were the only people there. Right. No, nobody was left in the ballpark. Mm-hmm. The Cleveland people were long gone in that rainstorm, and the Cubs were off partying. Yeah, some, something makes me wonder, like, or sometimes I wonder what it would have been like had, like, because at that point it was still, like, whoever wins the All-Star game hosts the, like, right. that. Right, yeah. 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 So had, the, had that not been the rule anymore, like, and the Cubs had hosted Game 7. I mean, I guess just everything the same except for like game seven was at Wrigley Field mm-hmm. what that would have been like in at, at Wrigley Field of course but then in Wrigleyville like you really saw what it looked like game seven when it was in Cleveland like Wrigley Field Wrigleyville would have been just uh, you wouldn't have been able to get in there no like you wouldn't have been able to well, go down Clark. but it's still well again so that's the next step now right it's just like it's the Blackhawks win winning it's yeah or whoever you want to see them now win it at home yeah because yeah. it's a totally different experience Absolutely. I mean you had that for other series, which were really big, and mm-hmm. going to the World Series was a big deal, and the streets were flooded. But you know it'll be absolutely insane, even though the 108 years thing yeah. is gone. I didn't get to yeah. go to a game during the World Series, but I was in the neighborhood for Game 4, <laughs> which was the one they lost like 7-2 to two or something. It was just a bloodbath given by the Indians at the time. And, I just, and that was when they went down 3-1. And I remember I was with – when we were trying to like go to a bar on Clark Street, these bars were charging like over a hundred bucks just to get in. Yeah, you couldn't get into any of those bars. Yeah. So what you're saying about if, if whenever they, if it, if we get to that point again, but it's reverse where Game Seven is at home, I, I I don't know if I'll be able to do to I don't know how, who anyone will be able to experience that. Just we'll, even in the neighborhood, it'll burn to the we'll ground. be okay because the CHGO bar will be close by. Maybe yeah, hopefully. hopefully, hopefully it'll burn. It'll burn to the ground. Yeah, if anything, I guess <laughs> we'll all just be that. watching like, Wrigleyville. Talking about Wrigley, bar. Wrigleyville itself. I will say the when they when they won the pennant and they beat the Dodgers, I celebrated that actually up on the deck behind home plate. Like I had to fill the, the TV time between the post game show and the end of the game, which was like twenty minutes. So my view, I, I watched the out, and then I ran back down through the, like, where the little food concessions were at that time, right behind home plate. And there was that, I don't know, what was they called? The Budweiser deck or whatever was back there. Nobody was, was up like there. That. It was all closed. And my view was down at Clark and Addison, mm-hmm. and you kept seeing the police, well, the police presence was unbelievable, but you, ha- you kept seeing the crowd, despite all of the horses and all of the police that were there, the crowd just coming up Clark and it was like getting bigger and bigger. And I was like, you know what? I'm being perfectly honest with you. I'm happy up here where, you know, it was just, just hang out. It up was, here for it a while. was too many people. Like yeah. everything you saw on television was exactly what it was like. It was wall to wall people down the streets forever. And it was, it was complete madness. And it was that way two hours after the game, three hours after the game. Yeah. But one, yeah. Good luck, the World good luck getting out of that Toyota Camry lot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Uh, Cody, what about a DraftKings pick of the week as we move forward here? What are, you, mm. what are you thinking about here for a DraftKings pick of the week? 
Well, I'm hot right now. I hate saying that. I'm, I'm hot because now that means I, I'm probably going to get cold. But I'm coming Do you, up. Do you bet on uh, Claypool to have a catch? Will he play? Will he, will he have a catch? Is that a, is that a wager? All I know is I, I don't know I, if those lines are up yet. Probably not I, yet. All I know is I was on the bet show up. last week. Yeah. And I won more bets than Cody. Yeah, but he's like double parlay over here, isn't he? I back won to a, back I've, parlays? I've won a parlay three straight days. Wow. Uh, that's a lot of, that's they don't a have, lot of Jordans. They don't have player props up for Dolphins Bears yet. All right. Um, and I'm not sure what I feel about that game yet, so I, I ain't going to give you that. However, Maction is very back. You know what Maction is, Luke? Maction, Maction, yeah, like the the conference Mac action, yeah, yeah, Maction, yeah, we got, we uh, have like a good Northern Illinois we, game, yeah, yeah, we have, there you go. we have, we had Maction the first uh, and Fun Belt first uh, Monday night or Tuesday night Fun, uh, not Fun Belt Tuesday night Maction last night. Me and Sean both took Ohio and they won outright as a dog. It was great, Ohio! absolutely. <laughs> uh, tonight it's Western Michigan. Versus Bowling Green, real barn burner. And I'm taking Western Michigan to win out, right? As a four-and-a-half-point dog. Four-and-a-half-point dog? Mm. Yeah, against Bowling Green tonight. I like Scotty the Miller under as well. Bowling Green. Uh, Just saying. I think that if there's anything I've learned about Maction is that bet the over and bet the dog. Uh, I don't like the over tonight, but I like the under, but I do like the dog. Western Michigan, four-and-a-half-point dog, on the road at Bowling Green. Or, if you don't want to take them outright, I do four-and-a-half. You get that field goal, the hook, plus another point. Well, what are the Sean odds? says no. What are Sean the odds says no. Plus 180. Plus Sean's 180 outright? Mocking you over there. Sean said no. That, that's the what pick about, of the week. What about, uh, wow. what about Schwarber to Homer? No? I want to go there. I again? retired from betting baseball for the rest of this year after the Astros blew a five nothing lead, uh, <laughs> minus biggest, one and, a half. and, and let yep. and letting the biggest comeback since nineteen fifty six happen. I'm done betting baseball until April. Five mm-hmm. home runs in five innings last night for the Phillies. Right? Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah. That that's crazy considering teams are now building around pitching. <laughs> Uh, Game Time is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. If you've ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could, 50-yard line, courtside, behind home plate, floor seats at a concert, it's possible with the Game Time app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on seats you thought you could never buy. You won't find a better deal this season on Bears tickets created by the fans for the fans, guaranteeing, that's right, guaranteeing the lowest price. If you love CHGO, then you're going to love Game Time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the Game Time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. Now, I'll say it again one more time. The tailgate is coming on Sunday. The oh, weather yeah. looks good. Let me, let me double check my... I checked this morning. It's like going to be like 64, 65 degrees. But we have now for Sunday. Beautiful. Now it's up to 66 in all sunshine, Ooh. no clouds on the Apple app. Ooh. I got 64. Bring the Game Time app with you on your phone yep. if you don't have tickets yet. Go to the link in the description. First, go to allchgo.com. Get your tickets for the tailgate, 46 bucks. All the booze you can drink, all the food you can eat. We'll all be there hanging out. We'll talk sports. We'll talk bears. That's right. There it is. Good you times. About the Cubs. Parking is available. And then when the tailgate is winding down, that the tailgate is 8 to 12. You got a good time, you know, Get a little lather going at that tailgate. Mm-hmm. Then at like eleven thirty, 
is when you start pounding the game time app. You start refreshing and see what those tickets are. You might slide in and see maybe Claypool plays. I think the Bears actually have a chance to beat the Dolphins despite the fact that nobody's left on the defense. It's Either way, it's going to be a perfect day at Soldier Field. So watch the app. Wait for the big price drop. You might end up at the 50-yard line. Just an idea. That's saying something stucky, thinking the Bears might actually win. Well, wow. that's a w- I think it's possible. It's a weird it's optimism from you. The, the well, if they're going to have to outscore them, they're, they're yeah. not going to shut uh, down my sure. Dolphins' <laughs> defense isn't great. It's not. That's what um, I was thinking. They could they, score some points. And they didn't have, their last two games haven't been great either, well, the, the, even the, though they've won. The Bears put up 29 against the Cowboys' defense, too, which is – Surprising. It was pretty. I mean, they gave up forty nine, so you know whatever. But <laughs> they put up twenty nine against a, the best defense in the NFL. So that's that's pretty. Yeah, impressive is a good word. Would have been forty three if Fields just would have touched Michael Parsons or, or Micah Parsons. But Micah, yeah, jumped over him. Yeah, there you jumped go. right over him. I like this from Colada. He said, "I'd never heard an announcer say the Cubs win the pennant." He said, "Yeah, he said it was. He said he's seventy one, right?" Well, I've never heard it either because I, I wasn't listening to it on television, well, right? I was, I I saw the roar of the crowd and stuff, but I've never gone back and actually listened to that call now that you think about it. So it makes you think, like, because when was the last one, 45? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, he would have been a few years behind being able to – if had that one been on TV and the announcer said that, I have no idea if it was, he wouldn't have heard that either. So that's – that. I don't know. It just kind of tells you how long it was, like, how long that, that actually lasted. I, yeah, and I will say this, like, you know, I these last few years feel like a long stretch, but when Patrick Mooney brings up Lou Pinella, and I think about they were actually good under Lou Pinella for a while, and then it went off the rails, and it was a stretch just like this, where the losing was happening, it does feel like the sun is coming out a little bit. I'm not saying they're going to win the World Series with the next group of guys, I'm just saying there's going to be opportunities in that division to get back to the postseason. Yeah. And the Phillies, whether they win the World Series or not, are showing us just get in, and that's the goal. Get in, get into the postseason as many times as you can, and that's how you do it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and, you know, it was we were always, all three of us were always on the same page that, like, <coughs> it, it didn't have to be 2025. Like, the people that were claiming it was going to be like a four-year rebuild, and, and we never thought it had to be. At this point, it definitely does not have to be, especially after you see what the Phillies did. Yeah, they were kind of built to be hot at the right time. Like they kind of needed to be hot at the right time. And they did. They did spend some big money. They spent on a lot of money, players. but but <laughs> in that sense, it's like the Cubs have the ability to do. Do you want them to do exactly what the Phillies did? Probably not. But they have the ability to add pieces that could help that this, the team out of the rebuild next year and not if three that years Phillies team gets swept by the Cardinals or loses a series against the Cardinals. You know that the media in Philadelphia would just be shredding that team for a full yeah. offseason because they are the second highest payroll in baseball and win and won what eighty nine games. So they were honestly they were a gigantic disappointment. But again, got hot at the right time and here they are have a chance to actually win it all just to a to and that will wipe everything. I mean, I think it, it's pretty much wiped everything now because they're in the World Series. But like, I I said it last week. I still don't like the way that their organization is ran and built. Um, but again, yeah, baseball's weird. You get in, you always have a chance. Will the Cubs sign their Bryce Harper this time? This this offseason, will the Cubs sign their Bryce Harper? If that Bryce Harper is a shortstop, they sh- should. 
And they, I don't they, think they, a it, Bryce Harper caliber player is at shortstop. I think he's better than all those guys, personally. Absolutely. But I'm just saying, like, that type. Yeah. You know, uh, we yeah. say, will they get their Lester? Will they get their Bryce Harper? Will, yeah. they, will, they, will this be the offseason they, they sign their big position player? That's what it is. Agent? Will they get their shortstop? That, yeah. That's really what it is. Will they get their shortstop? Well, unless and, Aaron Judge, you know. I just, uh, you, know. <laughs> you sound like. Reeling them back in. <laughs> uh, all right. Very important report card today. We're only going to do one. Because we're short on time, and this is it. a big one. It's the biggest one I know, we've ever had. Uh, Michael Collada and Rhonda, everybody's been asking, uh, when are you going to do P.J. Higgins? <laughs> and so today, the report card is out for P.J. Higgins. People, all the people have been asking. Everyone. Mr. Del Mendo, backup catcher, P.J. Higgins, your report card, please. Uh, so I'll just be real with y'all. I gave Sarah the grades when I walked in, and she told me, hey, P.J. Higgins re- report card, and I just was like, Okay, offense C minus, defense C, and overall C. Um, Because I think Stucky said it last week about a certain guy where you looked at him, you're like, well, he didn't do anything too great and he didn't do anything too bad, and there's nothing really about him that makes you think negatively or positively about (laughs) him. Yeah, I don't remember who that player was, but you could say it about several guys on the (laughs) roster. And that's basically how I feel about P.J. Higgins. I do remember in season so many people crying for – P.J. Higgins to get more bats than Jan Gomes. And, I mean, I know Jan Gomes on offense wasn't great, but at least on defense he, he was getting it done. P.J. Higgins, I mean, I think he's at best a third backup catcher. I don't think he can even be a – I don't – I don't like if He can't if, be their number two next year? No, like he – this is – this so is the, can't do Gomes this, and Higgins run that no, back? This this will be – that will be what will make me mad if – Wilson Contreras isn't retained. If they don't retain Contreras and then do nothing to replace that position, I think Gomes is a really solid backup, and I think Higgins can be like your your, your third backup. Like your like emergency your, catcher. Yeah, your emergency sense. guy. And it, he can play a little first base and third base too, but even you don't want him playing either of those positions every day. But, again, a guy who can maybe start for you once or twice every week at one of those three positions. I He's – He's just there's he doesn't move the needle. That that's basically what it is, and that's why he's getting a C. Because like there's there are worse guys to have, but he's not gonna move the needle for you either. His story is interesting, right? He was hurt all of last twenty uh, all of last season, came back this yeah, year, he and he had and he had and he had some good moments, right? Like I think he started off the season pretty solid with the bat actually, and you know then he kind of faded. Mm-hmm. And like that's why he's just not a guy that you can give every day at bats to. Like he's, he will, he will, he's someone who can do really well in the right role. And I think the right role for him is your third backup catcher and a guy or a guy who can play first or third once or twice a week. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, not too far off from what I had at a C minus offense for PJ. D plus in defense, uh, which when I look at the numbers, that surprised me, but I think that's a fair grade. Uh, An overall C minus. Um, offensively, I mean, you mentioned that he started off hot. His when he got called up in May, he had a 161 WRC plus, but also in, in only 25 plate appearances, 151 in 38, 126 in 36, uh, and then August, he had a 19 WRC plus in 62 plate appearances. For those of you that don't math that well, that's 81% below league average. Uh, so I don't which math is, very well, so thank you. Which <laughs> is awful. Um, and then he, he turned back around a little bit, September, October, 68 plate appearances, 
uh, had 100 WRC plus, so exactly uh, league average. Um, and all that came out to a 97 WRC plus overall in the season, um, which is a little bit below average, not too bad. He ended up with, uh, you know, uh, 0.2 F4, 306 uh, weighted on base average. I mean, it, yeah, like you said, Cody, it was he had good moments, he had bad moments, he, you know, just didn't completely move the needle. Um, he could play a role, uh, you know, pro- honestly, probably at the, at the end of the bench uh, as, as your third catcher, as Cody said, maybe, uh, you know, a little insurance at first base, uh, even third base and like the tightest pinch that you need to move him over yeah. there. Um, but I guess he has the ability to, that you can move him around in a few different spots. Um, but defensively, I, I, I was, again, I was surprised. I had a D plus, um, but you look at what, what he did this year. Um, he played pretty much half his innings at catcher, half at uh, first base with a little bit uh, around third base. Um, negative six defensive runs saved at catcher this year. Um, so, yeah, maybe was C is, is too yeah, nice. Uh, I mean, it I wasn't. Did, again, I walked in, Sarah asked me the grades, and I gave her the Dell metric style. Yeah, well, uh, well <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, C, it, can't it was, tell you. It wasn't great. Um, <laughs> and he ended up, even at first base, he ended up with one defensive run save, one, about, uh, one out above average, kind of maybe shifted it away from just like a, a D minus or so uh, as far as like his catching, but I couldn't really justify over a D plus because he came up, you know, he, he converted to a catcher in the minor leagues and he came up to be one of your backup catchers um, and didn't do that. Didn't do very well as, as far as the metrics go. Like I'm with you. Like as far as when the eye test went, I thought he was, I thought he was okay. And then yeah, I went I mean, and I looked at the numbers and I'm like, huh? Like, I was surprised. Yeah, I, I was surprised when you said that, so I changed my grade. Yeah. Your, your overalls um, were C minus, C minus? It was a C minus overall. I think that, you know, just right around there is, is yeah. what yeah. you need. Orange you whip, expect orange whip, PGA. orange whip, all C minuses. I think that's what I gave him. Collada was, was a little higher that, on PJ this, than us. Sound the horn. This is the first time Michael Collada, he's got an all-star team going here. There it is. <laughs> Michael Collada, the C plus. Quality backup. He's yes, he's a <laughs> yeah. more positive grade than all three of us on this oh. one. And I, I, I agree with what you're, tables. what he's saying. Good backup utility guy. I might downgrade that to acceptable yeah. backup quality guy. And and I agree. Probably not the number two. Yeah. No. It, I think it, he's great organizational <clears throat> depth. Like. If, you, if he's your guy in Iowa, it's great. Yes, yeah. exactly. And, like, I feel bad saying that. The guy obviously wants to be on the major league team, but, I mean, he's 29. Like, there's where, there's where's only, Amaya going to be when he is healthy? There's just only a certain amount of, you know, there's 26 spots on a, on a major league roster. Like, not everyone can be – everyone that wants to be on the major league team or even is ready for a major league job I'll say this. He's better he's than cheap. Taylor Davis. Lotta says he was cheap too. I didn't hear you said. I said Taylor Davis. He's better than Taylor Davis, and Taylor Davis is remembered for hitting a grand slam against the Cardinals. Oh, was that nineteen? Yeah, Yeah. I do remember that actually. (laughs) But he was like he was like the exact same role. Like he he was the organizational depth at catcher. That's all. It's it's not a. I saw that. It's not a position we're going to sweat a lot over this off season. I was actually on my senior bar crawl. Uh, as as we stopped in and the Cardinals Cubs game was on TV, I watched that Grand Slam go. Nice, really? That was funny. Um, yeah, but C minus. I went D offense. I I downgraded my defense. I was going to give him a B something, and Ryan showed me the numbers, and I said, "All right, down to a C." 
overall C minus. So C minuses all around for him. Uh, tomorrow's show, by the way, another guest, actually two. It's going to be Greg and Greg. Greg who, you ask? Well, you'll have to wait and find out because Ooh, that's what we that's call a tease. A tease. Double Greg's on the show tomorrow. Two Greg and Greg tomorrow. show. Uh, thanks for joining us for the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings. Make sure you download the app and sign up using the promo code CHGO. We had fun today. We will see you again tomorrow, one twenty on Thursday. Until then, fly the W.